0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to thirty-six percent better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort. With thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a one-dollar a month trial period at Shopify.com/arsblog. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/arsblog now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/arsblog. Welcome to another Ars cast on ArsBlog.com in association with SavileRogue.com, makers of the best scarves in the universe ever. Um, coming up on today's ArsCast, we have got uh, a blog chat with Amy Lawrence from The Observer in which we discuss, um, you know, the crap that's gone on in the last week. Arsene Wenger Hawkins is here, the man at the bar is here, and there's a few other bits and pieces as well, Uh, plus more information about how you can contribute to the Arscast, and winners of uh, the two scarves, uh, kindly provided by Savile Rogue. So, what a week it's been. Since this time last week, we've uh, lost the Carling Cup final. Two goals from that most hideous of all cunts, Didier Drogba, um, who now, as well as being a hideous cunt, Is even more hideous because he's actually a good player. And it hurts to say that, to acknowledge that he might have some modicum of talent. Really, really does hurt. I much preferred it when he was a fucking hapless misser of goals rather than a clinical finisher. We can talk about the brawl, but, you know, what's the point? To be honest, Uh, Chelsea... um we fell into a little bit of a trap there, I think. With seven minutes of injury time, there was there was enough time to maybe grab another goal. But, uh, yeah, the kids are le- are young and they'll learn and um, they'll do better. Then on Wednesday night, we went to Blackburn uh, with most of our first team missing, it seemed. Um, didn't take our chances again. Again, we were caught with a bit of a sucker punch. I think the boss made a bit of a mistake putting Senderos at right back. Uh, and he'd had an excellent game as far as I was concerned. Uh, Up to that point. But, um, you know, uh, he he isn't the most mobile of players. Gallas certainly is a lot more mobile. uh, And maybe he would have done better. But it was a quality finish from McCarthy. Who, uh, you know, is a decent player at the end of the day. So, uh, what can you do? But what I would like to say. Number one. Graham Pohl. You are a fucking wanker. You're shit. The Jumberg penalty was definitely a penalty. And the fact that Blackburn constantly, constantly fouled, niggled, stopped us gaining any momentum, held on to the ball at free kicks, and not once was that punished. Not once. You're an arsehole, Paul. That's the fucking bottom line, the long and the short of it. I know Blackburn will look at it and say, look, we are a technically limited team. Uh, We've got players who really aren't that good. So we have to play the way we have to play uh, in order to get results. That is fair enough. Okay, if you're playing for a crap team uh, and you don't have the players to you know rip teams apart, you have to do what, what you're good at, and what Blackburn are good at is fouling and niggling and spoiling. Fair enough, that's what they're good at. Some people are good at singing, some people are good at painting. Blackburn are good at being cunts. What the rules are there for, though? Uh, what the referees are there for is to stop teams doing things like that There is a rule that when there's a free kick if you pick up the ball and prevent the team from taking the free kick uh, quickly then you get a yellow card as I mentioned on the blog there was one incident when I think it was Derbyshire uh, we got a free kick Gilberto tried to take it quickly he hung on to the ball Gilberto tried to take it off him and Paul had words with Gilberto and didn't say a word to Derbyshire who later was uh, booked for fucking mouthing off at the linesman. That should have been his second yellow. Pedersen, you horrible fucking piece of shit with your poncy hair, don't ever touch our manager. We had a throw-in and you go fucking running into the Arsenal technical area and try and grab the ball off our manager. Fuck off. Mark Hughes coming over to get involved as well. You fuck off as well, right? Did Paul do anything about that? No, he didn't. Because Pohl is a wanker. He's just a fucking piece of shit. Constantly representing the FA at World Cups and European Championships and things like that. And that says everything you need to know about the quality of officials in England. That if Graham Pohl, the man who gave fucking three yellow cards in a World Cup quarterfinal or whatever the fuck game it was. He he is the best referee in England. That says it all. It really does. Blackburn, go fuck yourselves. We'll have you next season. Graham Pohl eventually and by the law of averages, this has to happen. Eventually, a good referee will come along. And when that good referee comes along, you will stand side by side by him and everyone will see just how bad you are. Good, bad. Being the best referee in England at the moment is like being the least worst Nazi that there was during World War II. Fucking pathetic. Anyway, Paul, uh, just to put on record that I hate you. And the cunt, even though he provided a comedy moment last night, when in the build-up to our goal, he tripped over or was tripped up by a Blackburn player and went sliding across on his face. It happened in the build-up to their goal, so we couldn't really enjoy that. You're too busy being pissed off about them scoring. Instead of laughing at Graham Pohl, Oh, you fucking bastard. Anyway, let's forget about Graham Pohl. Lest our brains become infected with the fucking pus filled goo that is his life. And imagine for a moment what it might be like when Emmanuel Aribayor meets the FA.
2: Emmanuel Aribayor, we are here in the FA headquarters of your personal hearing. You are charged with violent conduct. Uh, it is alleged that you struck Frank, Fat Frank Lampard. Do you have anything to say in this matter? Uh, you know, of course, I didn't touch him. Uh, everybody just came to make the piece and, you know, I, I don't know what happened with the referee, but he told me that I'd somebody, but I didn't punch anybody, and, uh, of course, you know, um, I didn't touch Lombard, all I wanted to do was come in and make the peace, you know? Uh, yes, quite. Um, And with regard to the other charge, sir, that you acted aggressively and you refused to leave the field of play immediately after being given a red card, what do you have to say? Yeah, well, of course, you know, I was leaving the field because, uh, you know, I got sent out, but I didn't think it was Ricard, and, of course, I'm very unhappy because I want my team to win the final, and all I want to do is ask the referee why he sent me off, why are you going to send me off, why are you giving me Ricard? I don't know why you give me Ricard, so I want to ask him. I'm not going to punch the referee, of course, I'm not going to do that because I'm a professional, a professional player, I don't punch the referee. All I want to do is ask him why, uh, why I got Ricard, and uh, for me it's only this. Well, Mr. Adi Mayor, uh, given the fact that I can't understand a single word of your testimony, I am going to have to uphold the ban and add three further games for incomprehensibility. Do you have any final comment to make? Of course, I'm very disappointed uh, because I didn't punch anybody, but words cannot express how I feel at the moment. Uh, so I like to play a traditional song from my home country, which says everything that I feel at this moment. I can see the new horizon
1: It's like actually being there. I promise. Now, it's time for this week's Blog Chat. Uh, we welcome back, I'm very happy to welcome back, Amy Lawrence from The Observer. And we talk about the Carlin Cup Final. We talk about the Blackburn game. Uh, we talk about injuries and whether or not it's something to do with the policy of the club that we seem to have more players than most other teams injured at the moment. Uh, quick talk about the the fracas, the brawl at the Carlin Cup Final. And a look ahead to the PSV game and to the Reading game. And... Despite the results, it's not all doom and gloom. There are reasons to be positive. So without further ado, here is this week's blog chat with Amy Lawrence. Okay, this week on the Iriscast, we welcome back Amy Lawrence. Hi, Amy. Hi,
0: how are you doing?
1: Good, thanks. Um, Congratulations
0: la- on the five years, by
1: the way. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm, awaiting a, I'm actually awaiting a, a case of Jemisons to arrive, so... Um,
0: and a big silver
1: cannon. Yeah, exactly. Commemorative from the top. It might all descend into madness after that. But, um, okay, this time last week, everything was, uh, not everything in the garden was rosy, but everybody was sort of full of confidence. The kids were going to play a Carling Cup final, and we're in the FA Cup still, and now we're out of both competitions. There's a lot of positives to be taken from, from the Carling Cup final, but not so much, uh, perhaps, from the, from the FA Cup game. I think what it showed us, uh, really, is that once you go beyond... Henri Bayor and Van Persie we really struggle for goals.
0: I think that's a fair point, but I don't think that Arsenal are by any means the only club in that predicament. If you take the three first-choice strikers out of pretty much any premiership side, I think you'd find a general struggle for goals. Mm. Um, obviously, it's it, it, a very makeshift sort of attack in that both uh, Ali Adier and Baptista, to an extent, are, are still very much unproven at... Uh, top level of English football in a way I felt a little sorry for them watching the Blackburn game because what you couldn't accuse them of unlike one or two other members of the, of the team perhaps was a lack of effort and it's just, it just seems like the more that Ali Adier runs about trying very very hard to make it happen the more it, it, it doesn't happen for him and the more that Baptista who in fairness to him and he's not everybody's cup of tea does keep at it I mean he did keep getting chances Um it's, it's not going for him at the moment. It's, it's weird when you think back to that Liverpool game where he looked like suddenly he was a sort of Midas touch player where every, virtually everything he struck turned to a goal. Um, now it looks like virtually every time the ball comes near and it's anything but. It doesn't help that Arsenal are so down to the bare bones in terms of attacking options. and It also doesn't help that the rest of the team find it very difficult to chip in with goals as well. And I think one of the problems of this season has been in previous years where you could depend on a Perez and a Freddy Lumber for roughly 15 goals a season each and certain defenders would would be able to chip in with a few goals and obviously Gilberto had a lovely run of scoring goals earlier on in the season but other than that there's been very little help from midfield Um, none of Seth's Cleb, Brzezinski or Walcott has scored consistently from the midfield area and, and defensively um, you know the old days of expecting a few goals from corners and uh, and so on there's very little help there coming from, from uh, the back four as well as Torres chipped in with a couple of goals but you don't see many from um, the full backs or from uh, any of the other centre-halves so Arsenal are a terribly striker dependent team this season
1: Do you think that's something that, that um, he'll address in the summertime and um, given the fact that, like you say, we always had goals from wide positions from, from Jumberg and from Perez in particular, who was always likely uh, to get that either a great, a great finish or a scrappy poachers goal. And we don't really seem to have anybody in the, in the team that can, that can do that. Is that something that you think the manager will address in the summertime at the expense of one of, you know, the, the, the three players that, that we talk about being very similar as Kleb, and, and Fabregas.
0: Um, and again, the obvious solution, people go, oh, there's a struggle for scoring goals, get another centre forward in. But if, if Henri and Van Persie and, and Adebayor are a little bit more fortunate in terms of staying fit and free of niggles and suspensions and so on, um, it probably will not be, be such a big issue. But it's not so much a case necessarily of finding another strike, although remember, Nicholas Bentner might well be back. Uh, at Arsenal next season and capable of being the, the fourth striker, which is, um, I suppose, the area that Ali Adier and Baptista have been competing for. Um, so it is a question of finding goal scoring midfield players. But I'm sure that um, Fabregas has got goals in him, and I think that Rosicki has as well, and we might see uh, uh, that he's a, a more reliable goal scorer after a season of adaptation in this league. Fleb, I have not such um, faith in because I find that he's an incredibly frustrating player who has on occasion been very effective, but when the mood doesn't take him is almost not worth his place on the field because anyone that gives away the ball roughly 98% of the time when it comes to him as he did against uh, Blackburn is really of no use to anybody.
1: No. Um what what uh, have you heard if anything about Carlos Vela? I've read something uh I think it might have been in the Standard that Arsene Wenger was looking for a dispensation for him to join Arsenal this this summer. Have you heard anything in that regard? Uh
0: I haven't. No, I've heard that he was doing very well in Spain where uh, he's been sent to get his passport. Um and I think on loan at Salamanca he's been uh, instrumental in in them having a, a good season. Uh and it's highly rated, but one would imagine, even if he does get his dispensation and does come over in the summer, he's more likely to need a bit of time to adjust than dive straight into the first team, as, say, De Nilsen has so impressively. OK. Although most players obviously do need a good six months or a year to find themselves uh, feeling at home in, in England and in English football.
1: Okay. Um, let's move on to something that was very apparent last night in in terms of the team selection we had and, and in terms of the bench that we had. where We saw Gavin Hoyt and Mark Randall um, you know, as, as two substitutes. Uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, is there any particular reason why uh, we seem to have been so affected by injuries this year? Is it just bad luck or does Arsenal have a different policy uh, in terms of injuries than, than other clubs? Because you see uh, John Terry, who turned his ankle in midweek, but still played, obviously wasn't 100% fit, but still played in the, in the Carling Cup final. You just feel, if that had been an Arsenal player, we wouldn't have seen them.
0: I, I can't speak a lot for, for Chelsea, although it is impressive the way that their players do seem to always come back from injuries in world record times. But I think Wenger is very conscious and always has been of respecting players' bodies, if you like. He doesn't like to push players because he's of the opinion that you will you will pay the consequences for that. And if you patch up someone who's carrying a knock and give them a pain injection and send them out there again, the chance of aggravating an injury and making it worse than it was originally or prolonging the effects of an injury so somebody's playing not at 100% for perhaps quite a long period of time, uh, I think he sees as totally counterproductive in his ideal philosophy of football. Um, Hence he will usually pick a player who's fully fit uh, and and trust that even if it's not the first choice than someone who's carrying knocks. And and I think Wenger Striegman for the Henri situation in the middle of the season probably explains exactly how he feels about when a player is not right physically. Uh, It's not the best thing to do to push them on. Um, But there's a lot of sort of wound licking going on at the moment generally at the club and that's probably natural given the the, the blow of losing the cup final and losing the FA Cup game despite being extremely dominant um, and obviously having the situation from the Carling Cup as regards the little uh, sack out at the end but I think it's a, a real sense of uh, frustration in a way that actually if you analyse the two performances over the last few days, there's so many positives to take away from it and so many impressive performances, good football, and you know, people forget that it wasn't so long ago that uh, Arsenal would go up to the north-west, for example, and just hardly put a move together and, and be knocked totally out of their stride almost before the game had begun. And that didn't happen at that burn. OK, the result didn't work out, and it was a, a fantastic finish by Benny McCarthy, Um, which obviously exacerbated the the lack of ruthlessness in in Arsenal's selection. But in terms of the actual quality of the game, there's no question that uh, Arsenal played comfortably well enough to to, to win the game before McCarthy had even come on the pitch. Um, So I think it's very easy when everybody is, is down in the dumps to feel all doom and gloom and look only at the negatives and say why are there so many injuries and maybe this player's not good enough and do we buy more strikers and is the manager right about this, that and the other, and et cetera, et cetera. But somehow, and I think this is what Wenger will try and do, uh, you have, uh, the, the comfort is that the team are actually playing well. If the team are playing rubbish and are struggling to create a chance, perhaps rather in the mould of that, the first home game in the FA Cup against Bolton, which was very flat, and you're doing that on a consistent basis, then you've got a problem. But I think if, if the, the players can somehow keep their heads up and keep doing what they're good at and just try and add that little clinical touch, it's it, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a desperate situation, even though certain areas in, in the media or even certain people amongst the fans can't help thinking that way.
1: Okay. Speaking of the media, and obviously you touched on it there, the the... The Brawl, as they like to put it in the in the Carling Cup final, uh, it is frustrating isn 't it when you see uh, players commit bad tackles, bad fouls, deliberate elbows, etc etc, and get punished with uh, a three match ban, whereas you see what happened to Colo Touré, who gets a three match ban uh, for very little do you think there's a, a a basic problem in the in the system in that uh,
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at
3: airbnb.com/slash host.
1: It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at Shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Uh, incidents of violent conduct should work on a sliding scale.
0: My, my overriding feeling about the whole thing was at the time, what a pity, because you know full well when you're at a game and you see an incident like that that it will overshadow absolutely everything else that goes on. And I think it's a real shame for the players, particularly the young players who performed so admirably, um, and to an extent even the Chelsea players who, whether or not you like the way that they play football, um, were efficient enough to win a cup final. And the whole of the media response and all your mementos in terms of newspaper coverage and the videos and, and so on are Obsessing over a 60-second load of load of a a passionate emotion, which is is a great shameful concern. And the only other thing I would say is that there is a side issue here about Arsenal not being able to take losing very well. And you can moan all you like about whether or not the punishments were justified and this, that, and the other, but. There's a simple way of avoiding all, all of that, and that's not getting involved in the first place. And there are a, a catalogue of situations which you can sit here and say, well, Jerry on, you putting the ball in Kirkland's face, was just you know, a load of nothing, really. And uh, Cesc Fabregas having a bit of banter with Mark Hughes was nothing much as well. But from the people outside of the club who, who like to um, sensationalise things and stir things up a bit... You put one incident after another incident and then the curling Cup incident on the top of it. And it doesn't help the club's image in terms of there is a very strong perception that Arsenal can't take losing and that just gives opposition um, even more ammunition to go along the lines of do whatever you can to upset Arsenal because they won't be able to attack it. And some somewhere along the line, um, the players and the manager have to Stop feeling sorry for themselves and just realise that the only way that they're going to beat people is by keeping doing what they're good at. Fair point. And uh, I don't think that it would be a bad thing for Arsenal, okay? Fight fight your case over this Carling Cup situation. Um, but sometimes you've got to take it on the chin a bit and maybe learn something from it as well.
1: Okay, that's a fair point. Um Let's move on quickly. We've got a good opportunity, or Arsenal have got a good opportunity this weekend to to uh, to get things back on track. Spurs did us a favour against Bolton last week. We can put a bit of distance between us and and uh, and them uh, in fifth place against Reading, um, and then the the following uh, the following Wednesday is is PSV. I think the team has always responded quite well to to disappointments and to to bad results, and we've now had a sequence of results, you know, three losses that we haven't had since since God knows when. Is there the ability and the confidence to to turn it around and, and to get two wins from these two games?
0: The ability is there without question. The confidence will will show on the pitch on Saturday and Wednesday. Um, in many ways, although you can't forget about the, the Reading game because. Obviously, you want to get yourself back into form as quickly as possible. But I think all the disappointment that people have felt over the last uh, week or so will be very much smoothed over with the right kind of result against PSV Eindhoven. So not that any premiership points um, need to be taken lightly. Uh, and as, as Arsene Wenger always says, the best way of preparing for the, for one game is to win the game that's directly before it. Um, PSV is massive because going out the FA Cup to Blackburn and losing Carling Cup final to Chelsea will fade, um, and people will be able to take the positives, especially from the Carling Cup run. Um, in, you know we, that that is what will stay in the memory, rather than what some people seem to think. Um, but if the European Cup, the club can pull themselves together and go on the right kind of run similar to last year where I remember the Carling Cup ended in disappointment at the semi-final stage and uh, Arsenal went out the FA Cup even earlier I mean that was all forgotten about True So the incentive for Arsenal is going to be an incredibly difficult hurdle because Ronald Koeman has come up against Arsenal three times in recent years and three times Arsenal have failed to score so he obviously has got the number of the Arsenal team to a degree, and somehow, um, perhaps with a a real old-fashioned go uh, in the the way that British teams conventionally went at European teams with a kind of gung-ho approach, whatever it takes to uh, unsettle PSV, who will come to um, North London and just try and be very defensive and frustrate Arsenal in the way that a lot of teams do, Arsenal have to break that pattern hopefully quickly. And uh, I think that the, the, the getting through this uh, round of the European Cup after what's been such a difficult week or so would be a tremendous boost for the club and allow everybody to move on with some positivity towards the end of the season. And as players come back from injury, um, as the squad returns to a sort of semblance of of its, its uh, better strength levels, who knows what can be achieved and you know if you, as everybody knows from the experience of going to Paris last season and some of those memorable games along the way against Real Madrid and Juventus and so on those are the things that stay in your mind those are signs of success
1: Fingers crossed I'm going to be there at the PSV game so uh, hopefully I'm a, I'm a lucky charm with my Irishness <laughs> Amy thanks a million we have to leave it there for this week All the best Thank you very much to Amy Lawrence and we'll have another blog chat on next week's ArsCast. Now then, the man in the bar has another player history. Ah, there you are again. Hello. Yeah, didn't think I'd be here this week, you see.
4: After Carlin Cup final, there was very bit of an old row between me and a Chelsea fella there. He was all giving it the old mouth, mouth. And I was going, look you, you fucking shite hawk oh, cuntbag piece of shit, wanker. Go over here and say that. So he did come over and he said, No, I pushed him, and it was a bit of shirt pulling the whole lot. In came the fucking guards, right? I got sentenced to three years in jail for nothing. It's fucking disgraceful. Who do they think they are? The FA. The only small comfort I take is knowing that one day Jose Mourinho will die. And I'll be there laughing. Probably. Well, probably not. Anyway, this week we're talking about Emmanuel Petit. You might think by his name that he was only tiny, a little tom -tom of a fella, but that was Mark Overmars, you see. And uh, Petit came from Monaco, where he was sort of like a left-back, sort of a centre-half kind of a guy, and he would long, flowing, beautiful hair, which I, I enjoy in a footballer, I have to say. But he came, and Arsene Wenger said, look, you you're not much of a left back and you're probably not much of a centre half especially not when we've got Tony Adams and Steve Bould so I put him in the midfield alongside Patrick Vieira and the two of them oh, was one of the greatest double acts of all time they were like Bonnie and Clyde or Clint Eastwood and that monkey or to put it another way they were like the Burke and Hare of midfield uh, in the 1997-98 season they were just unstoppable brilliant they were Petit would win the ball you see and Vieira would take it on and he'd lose it and petite would come in and win it all. oh he'd win it back again you see they tackled a the shite out of everything sadly though they turned a bit into the Markham and Wise of midfield because Petit he lost his tiny little mind, he went mental uh, all them wearing long black leather trench coats he thought he was a, a Columbine got or something I don't know what the fuck happened to him but his brain went, he couldn't play football anymore and one day at Aston Villa The crowd were giving him a bit of an old hard time, you see. Go on, you French cunt, you fucking wanker, they'd say. And he lost it. he went off. He said, Arsene Wenger, I'm not playing English football anymore because nobody likes me. And that's it. So Arsene Wenger sold him to Barcelona and because his brain was gone completely, he never made it over there either. And he'll tell you how bad he was... He ended up coming back and playing for Chelsea. For fuck's sake, all the teams he could fucking end up playing for and he ends up playing for them cunts. Nowadays, Emmanuel is working on a series of films about a young man and his sexual awakening. It's true.
1: The Man in the Bar will be back next week on the Arsecast with another informative and not made up at all player history. Now then, I have asked you to to get in touch and to give me your thoughts on various things. Uh, for the Arscast, some contributions. I've asked you to record audio messages, which um, very few of you have done. Some people have complained that the system doesn't work for them. I did get one message this week uh, from an American guy, but if he's listening, man, I can't play that. You know that. There's a good reason why I can't play that. But thanks for your effort, all the same, but there's just no way I can play that. The Arscast is bigger and and better than that. Um, What I have done, though, is... I have set up a telephone number on which you can leave voicemail. So all you have to do is dial a telephone number from any phone, whether it's a rotary dial phone or a mobile telephone or even two tin cans with a bit of string holding them together once you can make an international call uh, then you can uh, then you can leave a voicemail it's a UK number I think it's a London number it starts with 020 something something I don't even know what the number is now but if you want to find it just look on the Arscast page on the Arscast uh, on the blog homepage and you will find uh, the telephone number there so if you have anything to leave uh, or any contribution to make in the future you just dial it up leave a voicemail and uh, if it's good enough it go on the show uh this week the contributions haven't been great to be honest lots of um lots of people you know agreeing basically that the fa are cunts and you know i can't argue with that but you know we need something a little bit more creative a little bit more um not just calling the fa cunts even though they are i mean i'm not arguing with that but you know i i I do that. that that's my job so you think of something else there weren't two really standout ones, but I picked a couple all the same. The first one is from Andrew Beamish, um, who obviously makes good stout. Well, Andrew wants to know if I can give him um, some information on the following facts based on the Carling Cup final. The average cost of Chelsea players versus Arsenal players Chelsea players, bazillions, Arsenal players, about 350. The average age of the Chelsea players versus the Arsenal players The average age of the Arsenal outfield player for the Carling Cup final was 13. And six months, while Chelsea players were 37 years old. And the average rate of cuntishness of the Chelsea players versus Arsenal, um, he believes they're way ahead of us in this league, and he is correct. On a scale of 1 to 100, the Chelsea players score 17 billion in cuntishness. The Arsenal, only three. Not million, just, just three. And you can figure out where those three come from yourself. The next one is from Willie T'Jong. It could be Chung, but it looks like Willie T'Jong. So that's how I'm going to say it. He says, hey, blogger, seeing as it's been a bad week, for Arsenal, I figure any team-related questions will be depressing. So here's a random question for you. At what age does it become socially unacceptable to wear a team jersey out in public? Whenever I see a fat, balding, middle-aged man wearing one, I think to myself, wow, that person needs a reality check. Also, what do you make of people who custom print their own names on the back? Is it not the corniest thing a person can do? For me, it screams out of oh, a delusional man who can't relinquish his childhood fantasies. But that's just me. Your thoughts? Sounds to me, Willie. And I could be wrong here. Um, it sounds to me that you're probably a fat, balding, middle-aged man wearing an Arsenal jersey with Willinho on the back or Tejungi Henri, And you're looking to me for approval so you can feel justified in being fat, bald, middle-aged and with an Arsenal jersey on. I don't think there's anything wrong with it because, to be fair, uh, it would take out a huge section Of our fan base, wouldn't it? Fat, bald, middle-aged men wearing arsehole jerseys. Maybe it's childhood fantasies. Uh, So fucking what? The idea of watching 11 men running around a pitch every week and getting so emotionally attached to it uh, that it, you know, makes us beat up our wives and children and kick the dogs and stuff. That doesn't really make any sense. But, you know, who said it's got to make sense? So fuck it. Anyway, uh, Willie, you get yourself a scarf from Savile Rogue. So don't forget, if you fancy yourself a Savile Rogue scarf for absolutely free... Which is the best price you can get them anywhere? Make a contribution to the Arscast. You can email arscast at arsblog.com, or you can leave a voicemail on the number which you find on the Arscast page, or you can use the old Arsbyte system where you can record a message directly from your computer. Now then, Arsene Wenger Hawkins, fresh from his sex tape scandal last week, he's back and he's got a little story.
3: Hello, everyone. Today I have a story. Once upon a time there were millions and millions of sperms floating around in a set of testicles. There they swam every day until one day, some of these sperms were ejaculated out of the penis and into the vaginal canal. There they set off at great speed, a race amongst the fittest and finest, to fertilize the egg. As they reached the fallopian tubes some sperms went left, some sperms went right. One sperm was very slow and a little bit special and he was left behind. Wait for me, he cried. Fuck off, you can't! they shouted back. The sperms that had found the correct fallopian tube surrounded the egg and tried to hammer down its defenses. But this egg was a very pissed off egg and it fought back. It blasted egg lasers at its weakly enemies and soon it had destroyed them all. (laughs) Wahahahahaha, <laughs> said the egg. Confident that it had done its work, the egg decided to go for a little nap, completely unaware that the slow, special sperm was still at large. And so it was, with the egg sleepy, that this completely crap sperm fertilized the egg. Oh, for fuck's sake, thought the egg when it was too late. This is going to be completely shit. And the egg was right. Nine months later, a little boy called Graham Paul was born. He's still slow, he's still completely crap, and he is a useless fighting cunt. Oh, yes.
1: Thank you, Arsene Megar hawkins He's back next week on another Arscast. Now, it's almost the end of this uh, particular Arsecast. The final part, uh, as always. Um, well, uh, apart from the last couple of weeks, but, uh, from now on, as always is the bet of the week provided to us by bluesquare.com. That is www.bluesq.com. Remember, if you don't have an account, you can set one up by clicking on the, uh, the little image on the side of the RS blog homepage. And if you make a bet, we do get a couple of quid and it does help pay for the IRS cast because, uh, the guy that presents them, um, fuck, he really needs a big, big salary. So, um, seriously. It's costing me a fortune to, you know, to pay this guy. Honestly, yeah, I know it's me, but, you know. <sighs> so, the bet of the week. This week, Simon Wolf says, Arsenal's season looks like falling apart at the business end of the season. They still cannot stop conceding goals. However, they need to bounce back and beat Reading on Sunday, and they can be backed to concede the first goal and come back to win the game at 7-1. to one. And uh, the last Arscast special, we had a very similar bet. It was five to one as the Gunners came from behind to beat Wigan uh, at home as well. So, if you fancy Reading to score first and Arsenal to come back and win the game, you can get seven to one on that from Blue Square. That's www.bluesq.com. Now, that case of Jemison's I was talking about earlier has arrived at my front door. Uh, big, big thanks to Adam uh, at Irish Distilleries for that one. Uh, very much appreciated. And, um, you know, it's probably going to mean a few more Boilkey arse blogs, but sure, what can you do? That is it. Another arse cast over and done with, with many thanks uh, to SavilRogue.com for their sponsorship. There should be another one next week, but it might be small because uh, I'm away uh, in London for the PSV game. I don't get back till sometime on Thursday evening, and uh, trying to get something together before Friday might be uh, a little bit too much for me. So we'll see whether there's an cast next week or not. Um, but there will be another cast soon. Until then, have a good weekend. Uh, talk to you on the blog all next week. Bye.
3: Today's ArtsCast was brought to you by the letter C, as in cunt, as in Graham Poe is a cunt.